0: started
1: um so yeah chapter nine this is an excellent chapter this is uh probably one of my more favorite ones it's kind of um on the shorter line but it, it's packed full of information here um <laughs> given our, our past conversations i was like oh man i i hope Ross Ann's reading this one <laughs> it's got lots of uh women in the priesthood and uh and roles there and anyway um just because yes, we, I loved I,
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. great.
1: Yeah, I started um, listening to Barbara Morgan Gardner's uh, uh, The Priest of Power of R- Women again lately. And oh man, uh, it and Chapter mm-hmm. Nine together are kind of a powerhouse combination there. Wait, where did yep, you get I,
0: I also listened to it. It's on Deseret Bookshelf.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it, it's amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. very helpful it's amazing god you know you ask a question and god eventually sends you the answer sometimes right away but
1: uh-huh. yeah yeah you'll get it sooner or later but yeah but yeah there's some some great things in here um but yeah some of those other chapters i wish there would be just like a little disclaimer like just wait it's coming because <laughs> uh chapter 10 also has a, a lot of that information in it as well but um, anyway, just kind of kicking off right there on, on the first page, 203, where we're um, referencing um, the the women in the priesthood and uh, the privileges and, and things there. It says, we need to only sit through one temple session to learn every answer regarding a woman's place in, in these glorious things. Every promise, every gift, every ordination, every visitation and privilege is shared equally by our wives and daughters. Uh, there is only one place, in the temple where there's a greater privilege and it is the sisters who have the favored protected position so i think that that's just like a, a super um fun <laughs> clear uh, okay well
3: can you explain that women have the favored protected position because i just went to the temple yesterday and did an endowment and initiatory and i was like kind of shocked by some of the change in wording
1: mm-hmm yeah for sure so um change in wording like have you went recently like this last year or like has it even changed again
3: so i'm not sure when this change happened i did two family names an initiatory and five temple it took me till the seventh time and i went wait what what was that (laughs) Yeah. but before that i mean we got here and i did one endowment and then the temples closed and before that we were four hours from the temple And it was difficult to go because our daughter didn't drive. She needed to go to work on the weekends. So it was challenging for us to go. And before that I was a temple worker in Panama and everything was in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, the endowment, I knew well enough, but initiatory, not as much. And so I tried to take a peek at the card and the lady came in too fast. So when I got all done, I was the last patron and the lady opened up the booth to let me in and I'm like, oh, I'm done, but can I read that card? And they're like, where are you, temple worker? And I go, well, I was, and I explained all that. And I go, did that change? And they said, "Mm mm-hmm. And something in the second booth changed. And I'm like, wait, what? I didn't get that one. Mm -hmm. But I was shocked by what had changed in the first booth for women that I felt like had been a protected status and had now not quite so protected. And that's why I'm kind of curious.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go have to do some women initiatories to find out what you're talking about. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Did any of you other women, have you noticed that? I don't know when the change happened.
1: Yeah, because 2019 was kind of the most recent changes that I know of, but I'm not sure, you know, exactly without. And
3: I may just not have noticed it
1: mm-hmm.
3: when I went and I don't I'm, know how many initiatives gonna... I've done. Go ahead, Rossanne. I'm doing initiatories
0: Friday. I did some a few months ago, so I will pay attention to see if I notice anything from the last time I went, but- Had there been changes in
3: the initiatory prior? Yes. So maybe this is the change and I just hadn't noticed it. And I just mm-hmm. like when we would drive four hours, then we usually just did an endowment and mm-hmm. not an initiatory.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Uh, so maybe I, I I'm now it. recognizing it.
4: Yeah, pro- probably. Yeah, I know there was a change a couple of years ago, an um, mm-hmm. in initiatory. And I knew there was an endowment. And I think I
3: went and did an initiatory. I'm like, no, no, nope, that's all the same. <laughs> just because I hadn't done that many initiatory.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I know I've done initiatory.
3: Yeah, I know I'd done initiatory a few times in Rexburg. I still don't know what the change is in the second booth. I wanted to say, wait, could you tell me? And then I'm like, mm, maybe I'm not supposed to ask. So mm-hmm. anyway.
4: Yeah, it was it was in the second booth. I think the last change was, and that was a couple of years ago. So, I haven't I haven't done initiatories in a while, not since yes. we moved. This
5: so. was
3: in the first booth. And there was a change that I think was like more for COVID.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, mm-hmm. But the wording was changed. And it was something that was always given to the men and the women were protected from. And now the women also had it. And that's why I was like, I'm curious what you're talking about, Cameron.
6: Uh-huh. I'm yeah. curious.
1: I'm, I'm super <laughs> curious too i'm gonna to need to go with my mom so that she can we can both do our initiatories together and i know and,
3: and i don't know how much we can say because i mean elder bednar kind of said you can say anything
1: mm-hmm. yeah but we just don't know we talked about it in group b for sure
3: <laughs> well you guys let me know if you feel comfortable enough for me i can even just say one or two words and you guys will know what i'm talking about
1: uh-huh yeah so just kind of along those lines um in um uh what is it unblog my soul the facebook group um todd mclaughlin's been doing like a a quite in-depth study on um being cleansed from the blood and sins of this generation and what that means for priesthood holders and okay um, well that's the change uh yeah and and all of that so you know uh, along those lines i i'll I'll have those links um so is that telling
3: women that they're priesthood holders
1: I, i don't know that that's an interesting one i didn't know that that had changed in the women's side um
3: how uh, do you not know that Cameron
0: <laughs> 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 sorry to tease you <laughs> Rossanne had that changed before um it seems
3: like the last few times I've done initiatory it has been that way
6: mm-hmm.
3: so, so since everything's opened up I haven't done initiatory
6: so I'm I i
3: can not remember
0: exactly but so the, the procedures changed yeah it did uh-huh but the wording uh
3: that wording is now like, in there it seems like it's been a little while but but it's interesting because it didn't change in the endowment
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because i remember like the endowment i just assumed that it was was the same but yeah, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super intrigued. So. And, I w- and
3: then I was like, "Wait, what?" The wording after that phrase has that changed? Ah, I don't know because I don't. because mm-hmm. I did it so often, I mean, I was doing. I w- as a worker, I was doing initiatory all the time in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I'm not fluent mm-hmm. in Spanish. I would read the card. <laughs> I knew the gist of it, but I didn't know. All the words, and some of the words were like, "What the heck? I can't even pronounce that, you know, And what word is like the word pertaining <laughs> to? It was like "ten I don't know, I don't remember. <laughs> so I would read the card, but I didn't always know exactly what it was in English. So
2: mm-hmm.
3: and, and I did attend the temple every week. I worked every week in the temple, and then there were sometimes I was there three, four, five times a week when we lived in Panama. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my feasting time so anyway i'm not exactly sure what that means if we do still have a protected status
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's very interesting um because along with that throughout that that paragraph there uh i i kind of did this exercise where it says every promise every gift every ordination and every visitation and privilege i i went through and i me and my mom tried to chart those out okay, what are the promises of the endowment? You know, like endowment initiatory is is all one ordinance, right? What are the gifts? What Mm. are the ordinations? What are the visitations? And what are the privileges? And get a a chart of those out. And it was very interesting to kind of put that together and then look at the the privileges and when it talks about greater privilege. Um, But anyway, just how equal we all are you know male and female bond and free um all of that uh kind of thing in there like we're all endowed with the the same power uh I found that very interesting but yeah gonna have to go to the the temple (laughs) with my mom and (laughs) get some of these things she doesn't have the greatest memory though sometimes she'll come out of there and like I don't know
3: (laughs) well and like I said I when she told me the second booth had changed I was like wait what can i go back and i did i remember when i was in there i was like something feels different but i couldn't put my finger on it mm-hmm.
1: mm. for sure so um in the the chat uh, catching us up so libby said that she listened to an amazing uh video today about heavenly mother in the temple um and then she also uh talked about how her initiator was different a few months ago um but yeah so the heavenly mother in the temple what was that video or was that like margaret barker or was that uh, somebody else and stuff i'm i'm intrigued i haven't seen very many videos of uh um
2: i don't
5: even know what her name was i just posted the link she was um quoting margaret barker so it's probably similar i've never okay. listened to her or read her stuff but um just the symbolism and she, she breaks down like Elohim and how L is heavenly father and Loa or however it is, is mother. And so every time they're talking about Elohim in the temple, they're talking about heavenly father and heavenly mother the whole time. Mm -hmm. And there's just tons of um, symbolism in the Holy of Holy and um like how the the baptismal font like represents um like the womb and the fallopian too like how it's all just tied together it was it was pretty fascinating so if you want check out the link
1: yeah i i'm I'm super excited i just clicked on it or whatever it's not one that i've ever seen before so yeah i'm excited to check that one out
3: also also everyone remember the todd mclaughlin from the sisters of liberty mm-hmm. right? and everybody was like yeah just wait till you hear jamie was that her name anyways i can't remember her name well <laughs> yeah well she actually i have been watching she's been doing presentations from her trip to egypt
2: mm-hmm.
3: super yeah, interesting great. and the last one she did it was like wait what what <laughs> it was same thing all about heavenly mother and super super interesting yeah i the think she found another one
1: this friday i believe um yeah they were putting that out there
3: yeah so that one has been really good anyway
1: mm-hmm. yeah for sure <laughs> yeah i can't think of her name just as soon as you say that
3: <laughs> i want to say it's jamie or something like that but she's she knows the stuff she's been studying so that's been pretty good
1: mm-hmm. yeah
6: i love that um all right, what else in
1: this chapter? Um, I loved on, on 205 where um, we start breaking out the righteousness and truth and, and equating that to like Enoch City and the New Jerusalem and kind of having um, these two where it's important to to get our pronouns right. So that when they're separate and when they're actually together. And um, that whole verse really uh, changed for me in Moses chapter seven there. I, I think that that was like a super interesting study that, that he did on on that page. Um, especially coming from the Isaiah background where we just went through um, the book of Isaiah and, and truth and righteousness and what those are code names for and, and plugging that in as well. Um, but that in this Enoch city is the righteousness and that, that truth is that new Jerusalem there. I'm not very intriguing.
0: On the um, subject of women and priesthood and temples.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can't remember where I heard this. I listened to so much stuff, but it may have been on the following with Barbara Gardner. Um, but somebody mentioned how it's interesting that women do not need to be ordained into an, the office of the priesthood to enter the temple but men do mm-hmm. and somebody and also somebody was asking president Hinckley one time why why are women not ordained and he said i don't know <laughs>
6: uh-huh.
0: and it's just interesting we don't know why we don't know why women have the same privileges as men without having to be ordained you know set apart in in that particular office in the priesthood it's just anyway all those thoughts have been really it's been really interesting how Mm -hmm. this book then talks about all you know women have the same exact privileges they have the same privileges as men um anyway just had that thought really quick before we totally leave that subject
1: for sure uh, when me and my mom uh, were in C. Robert Lyons' class down at Education Week a couple of years ago, um, he was uh, going along that same line where, where men have to be ordained um, before they enter the temple and stuff versus women just get that at the ceiling altar um, uh, in conjunction with their husband. And then they start their new process. And um, what are the offices of the priesthood? Father and mother or husband and wife, father and mother grandfather grandmother and that's how you start advancing in the priesthood together in that that patriarchal order and that was like an eye-opener to me i was like oh those are actual titles of Mm -hmm. the the patriarchal order that totally makes sense now
0: (laughs) yeah that's so cool yeah i love
1: that let's see and then 206 so this has popped up um in a previous chapter, but 206 and 207 here, where he um, really emphasizes the importance of looking at verb tenses. So things that are, things that have been, and things that shall be. And um, that was such an intriguing study here as well, looking at DNC76 in that light, because like obviously God's not going to mince words or, or throw out verb tenses that aren't accurate and so looking and and really paying attention to the prophecies there in section 76 which things in that context are have and shall be uh, I found very intriguing Um, uh, (laughs) and when I was reading that I was like um, getting the, the clear impressions like when you study President Nelson make sure to look for verb tenses I was like, oh, okay. So there's going to be some important ones when we're studying President Nelson's words and, and his uh, prophecies and everything um, that, that verb tenses are so key, so important. And sometimes we just kind of float by those um, because these these prophecies are coming at us or for whatever reason, but uh, sometimes those kind of get overlooked, yet they are essential to, to building some of those timelines for us and, and helping us know um, when we can expect certain parts of the restoration or certain parts of the second coming. I think that that was, that was very intriguing for me. I don't know if (laughs) y'all. But yeah, so what else in this chapter? I feel like I'm (laughs) talking too much and leading this, but, um, what else stood out to you guys in this chapter that, um, really called your attention?
3: So I was listening to it on Audible and I don't exactly know where it is in the book. Mm-hmm. Isn't this where we talked about, because I thought I was still listening to chapter nine and then I'm like, wait, that was chapter 12 on my Audible. The next thing I know I'm in chapter 14. So I was like, wait, <laughs> is this where we talk about unbelief? Or is oh, that next week?
1: Yeah, that's, that's next week, but I mean, go ahead. Might as well. Oh, that's
3: okay, I'll just bring it up next week then.
1: Uh-huh. yeah unbelief is it might even well it might be next week or it might be two weeks from now but
3: yeah i'm not sure okay yeah because just at the very end i was like wait i'm in chapter 14 i'm not in chapter 12 anymore <laughs> so <laughs> i've listened. so my brain is like full <laughs> yeah i tried to put it the picture in the group chat but it won't let me put a picture in there But if you Google um, Zion or New Jerusalem LDS and then do images, it'll bring up images and it shows you, according to Revelation, how big it is and the center point from Doctrine and Covenants where um, the center point of Zion is, well, no put it did you put new jerusalem lds
1: oh i put zion new jerusalem lds yeah just
3: put new jerusalem lds and then go to image. well why did it come up for me (laughs) Um, oh put new jerusalem boundaries sorry and it's really interesting there you go look at the map of the united states with the big black box
1: it's a big black box this one. Yeah,
3: actually the one I keep looking at is the one with the two, um, just to your right of that cursor oh. with the two teal lines. That's the one okay. I keep looking at. That black box looks a little different than this one. So I'm not sure which is right, but it's that's just super interesting to look at that. I think you can click on it and it'll bring up the picture and then you have to make it bigger.
6: Okay.
1: Yeah, but this is the one you're talking about, the two blue lines.
3: Yeah, it's just interesting. Like, it goes to Montana, not Idaho, not Utah, part of Mexico, a little bit of Canada. Mhm. It's just kind of interesting, because, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, I feel impressed to move to New Jerusalem, and it's like, a lot of us do live in New Jerusalem without living in Missouri.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't seen um, that exact thing, but like when uh, we talk about the, the measurements or whatever, I'm like, this is a lot bigger than Missouri, but I've never seen it laid out like this. I never thought to Google that.
3: I think it's like, I can't remember. It's like 1300 square miles or 1500. And I don't know why that one has double lines on it. I'm not really sure. But nevertheless, where we used to live was down at the very tip of Texas by Brownsville. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't have been in New Jerusalem. And now we're by Dallas. And so we're well within the boundaries.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's intriguing.
3: Who did that map? Do you know?
1: I don't know, but there's a
3: whole bunch of them. I mean, they're all very similar because we have mm-hmm. the measurement from Revelation how square the square. It's like some, like so many furlongs square and we don't have a furlong, but you can Google it and find out.
0: So that fits right in with, I was going to um, bring up this paragraph. It's on the uh, page 207, right above this, the, the last paragraph before the section titled the 144,000. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, and it talks a, about. I'm close to it.
6: Uh, let's see. Yeah. Where's any footnotes on that page?
3: <laughs> there are no footnotes on that page. Let's see. I found one footnote nine just before it starts
1: talking. So it's the the third section of the chapter and the, the section starts with the 144,000.
0: It's the paragraph right before that section. Okay. I got it. Yeah. And it talks about Mount Zion is um, described as the city living God, the heavenly place. Um, and then it's, uh, I wanted to mention this. In other words, there are places around it that are less holy or perhaps not holy at all. During the pre-millennial day, a day when corruption was, corruption still reigns upon the earth, this will be a heavenly place, the holiest place on earth. So it's interesting you brought that up, and I was thinking about this. The, um, how we will live in the, you know, in a place that is surrounded by, (laughs) um, you know, not so holy things in the premillennial day. And, and there will have to be a lot of room. There will have to be a lot of space. There will have, you know, there's, there are going to be, a lot of us, I think. And so that's really interesting. I had never seen those boundaries before, so.
1: Well, I'm reminded of visions of glory when he goes to Zion and and how there's kind of an invisible boundary where those who are striving but not there yet live outside of it. Those who mm-hmm. are there and the boundary grows as people achieve the Zion status it's almost like, you know, it starts as a small circle and it just gets bigger and bigger as people make it. Yeah. And Interesting. Wasn't it like the tree of life actually started growing with the righteousness of the people and healing more of, and more of the land until the whole earth was celestialized or something like that? It seems yeah. like mm. that, that growing principle there.
0: Huh. I wonder if it will start in the center or somewhere on one of the corners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep.
0: I guess we won't know <laughs> till we're
1: there. I know. We're just praying that it comes quick. So. We can... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just that's one of the paragraphs I highlighted. Yeah, I, I did highlight quite a bit in this chapter.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the um the stuff that that's referencing because section 76 we always seem to default that it's the celestial kingdom that we're talking about but it's obviously prior to the second coming in the millennium because there's are still non-holy places like you're saying there and so like uh, anyway I it just made me really rethink 76 and, and my framework around mm-hmm. it and like break down my unbelief or my false traditions that I was bringing to section 76 and really build it back up how how Christ really said it, you know, kind of thing. It, it was very interesting.
0: Yeah, I I have loved that um, mind bend as
1: well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know it seems like the more and more we really dive into the scriptures, the more and more that I've understood them so wrong in different ways. And so like really unpacking things getting rid of all of the bias, and then just reading them pure and simple, direct from the scriptures with the Holy Ghost, going, what does this mean? Uh, Paying attention to verb tenses, paying attention to um, word links and uh, footnotes and stuff, and just really, I don't know, (laughs) it's kind of transformative because um, we have many false traditions within our wards or congregations or where we grew up or, or whatever, whatever played into it. But um, it's so important to stay rooted in the scriptures. You can never be done with them because you're, you're constantly growing and the, the spirit's teaching you more. Uh, <laughs> it's just so important to keep going back directly to the source and, and getting those um, fresh all the time.
0: Yeah, I've had similar thoughts that, okay, the scriptures, Sometimes, yeah, I haven't actually read the words the way they're like we're talking about the tenses and the are instead of in sh- shall and i I've kind of felt the same way. it really transformative is a, is a good word for me too
7: Cameron um, in the chat oh yeah, has- oh steven's asking how you how did you find the
1: yeah so oh yeah alicia beat me to it um but yeah just typed in those keywords and then popped up quite a few different depictions of that image but um let me get the actual url from the one that i brought up um, it brought up this one. I've never visited that website, so I can't vouch for all of its accuracy or anything. But um, that's where I got that image. Then
7: it's interesting. I've never seen that boundary before, mm-hmm. but it encompasses um, the the two places that the church had temples
2: mm-hmm. in the
7: early days of the church. It encompassed Ohio and Illinois. There,
1: yeah and it's interesting, <laughs> I should probably stop recording, but, like, remember back when I was up at Rexburg, and Bednar came and spoke and talked about yeah. the importance <laughs> of the Rexburg Temple, that this is so highly significant that we need to pay attention to its location and stuff, and he, he expounded some things, but, you know, this is, like, my like preschool brain trying to remember these things so this may I be do. totally off but he said that it is one of the cornerstone temples that mm-hmm. Rexburg and salt lake and nauvoo and adamondi almond form the cornerstones of the new jerusalem and anyway i i i wasn't even really paying attention but there, it's something along those lines that Rexburg was a cornerstone temple mm-hmm. and
7: yeah I, I wrote that down i remember that
1: and he predicated it upon the fact if Rexburg doesn't fall to the spirit of entitlement that that prophecy will hold true and so uh i don't know <laughs> well, it, it was an interesting talk i i've went and tried to find it again and it's just not there i i don't know where where it went but
6: um let's see where are we
1: at? To the design.
5: So I don't have um, many thoughts about it, but just a couple of things that kept sticking out to me. I read it and then I listened again. And the one from every city, two from every family or house or whatever, that kept sticking out to me. Yeah. And then I also loved um, just this little thing at the bottom of 213. Um let's see we often trouble ourselves with the timing of the second coming by looking for signs and obediently storing food which we will apparently need if we remain outside of zion but can food be our salvation if there isn't there a far safer salvation inside of zion
2: <laughs> I, I just love, love
5: that's like oh if we just get inside then <laughs> mm-hmm. That seems way easier. (laughs) I
3: love that because, sorry, I woke up with a scratchy throat yesterday. Um, I have felt for a very long time, the importance of having that year's supply of food because it's putting faith into action, Mm -hmm. being obedient to the commandment. But I've also felt like that food will be left behind, that I will never use it. It'll either be left for those, that aren't members and didn't know, or those members that didn't follow and be obedient. Mm -hmm. And so, and even after elder Bednar's talk about the virgins, a few years ago, the first talk he gave, uh, was that the oil was faith and testimony, but the most recent one, since the pandemic was about it being our temporal preparation, excuse me. (coughs) and so it's just interesting that he would say that when really it's not that important president nelson's been telling us (coughs) to fortify our homes temporally and spiritually physically and spiritually you look at the book of mormon and they always reinforced their boundaries you know they threw up the the dirt um the timbers, you know, they were fortifying their cities, but while they were doing that, they were also drawing closer to the Lord and fortifying themselves spiritually. I think the two have to go in tandem. And I think part of that is it's the obedience to the commandment to have that year's supply. And as I'm talking, it makes me think of perhaps that's a way that we will be ministering to those who are left behind.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and preparing for them. So even in our current phase, wherever we're at, um, that we are preparing now for our future missions to to bless the lives of others. Like we we'll, we might even be stewards over that food storage in in order to help distribute it to those that that are like you said that may not have prepared or uh, didn't even know to prepare kind of a thing. But but yeah, I. <laughs> it's common throughout all of the different groups and stuff like yeah we all feel very much like uh, you know it's it's about obedience but it's also about we're not going to be the ones eating this food it's going to be um, uh, somebody else and and stuff yet there's still a lot of promptings to uh, get this or get that like there's specific preparations that are needed and, and that training that the Lord's putting all of us through in in those areas I think is very That's
3: because the Lord knows who it's going to and what they're going to need, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a training for us to learn to hear the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Act. Yeah. I just love the tutoring that's going on. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. (laughs) Because some of the like strangest promptings, like, I don't know, I've probably told this group, but like, I was prompted to uh, get a collection of every single Book of Mormon, all the all the languages or whatever, have a collection of all of those that, that I would need them. And then uh, about a month ago, I was randomly passing by an Asian market and just prompted to go in and, and there were certain things on the shelf that I needed to get. I was like, okay, <laughs> that was weird. I don't, I mean, like, yeah, I can cook with it, but it's not like my food storage go-to's, but It's there. (laughs) It's kind of random stuff.
7: You know, um, in Zion, it's those who are translated and translated beings don't need to eat. They can, but they don't need to. Very true. Mm -hmm. Stefan has a thing in the chad he said it is interesting that the borders of new jerusalem has the bread basket within it
1: that is very Mm -hmm. interesting you know because like bethlehem is so significant over in jerusalem right uh the house of bread and then here in the united states that there's an equivalent uh, of a house of bread the the bread basket uh kind of thing within it that is interesting. I wonder if there's a Samaritan well as well. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um
6: let's see, what else do we got?
1: Oh, yes. So on page 213, um, so this is footnote number nine. Um In the middle of that that paragraph there, he's quoting Elder Pratt and um, talking about the servants being sealed and when they are prepared, when they have received a renewal of their bodies in the Lord's temple. So I think that this is uh, important to to realize where this happens and everything. Um, And I think I I shared this from Neil's Facebook page um, into the, the Learning Zion one, but that quote from... Uh, elder oaks or president oaks at the arizona temple dedication let me pull it up real quick because i'm gonna butcher it if i try to paraphrase um but i found that so significant here in regards to this renewing of their bodies in the lord's temple Uh, just one second yeah of course all of a sudden my computer starts to pause (laughs) (laughs) refresh <laughs> it's not what i remember,
7: remember <laughs> when i had you tell me that and i wrote it in my book i could read it maybe. oh
1: yeah go ahead and read it
7: if i can read <laughs> my little writing but the not Na- the navu temple's Uh, strengthen this strengthen the saints before they have the had the adversity of of crossing the plains and going through what they went through on let's see during the pioneer period oh you've got it good (laughs) because i can't really read my
1: stuff yeah it finally came up so, um, and then the building of multiple temples throughout the world is likely to be serving the same purpose to prepare this covenant children of the Lord with the strength they need to face what is ahead. And I was like, oh man, that is such an interesting quote that he's saying at the Arizona temple rededication. Um, I don't know, that, that just like threw up my antennas. I was, I was excited to hear or see that. That's cool, but yeah, um, how the Navu Temple was really to help them receive that renewal of their bodies in order to to face the upcoming tribulations. Likewise, building temples so close that we can all um, receive those blessings as we are learning and growing. Right.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so just kind of continuing on that next paragraph. If Elder, um, if Elder Pratt taught is right, and I deeply believe he is, then one of the grand purposes of the temple we will build in the New Jerusalem is to bestow upon us the privilege of translation, which is the same thing as saying to make us part of Zion. But as he notes above, the angels are holding back the, from cleansing the earth until we, the people of this dispensation, are sealed in our foreheads. And so just kind of taking all of those principles and, and uh, meshing them in there. Um, isn't it so interesting that Elder Pratt had such amazing insights into this one principle? Mm-hmm. It's almost as if he saw it. And so like, how can you you speak and, and testify and uh, pronounce such amazing, clear things unless you really know? And so it, it's intriguing. I, I really am... <laughs> getting guided more and more to, to go study some of his works and um, what he has said about the, the second coming and the preparations and everything.
2: So he
0: doesn't mention in here the thought that, or maybe he does, and I just didn't see it. The 144,000 is not literal. I don't know, I've heard. What are your thoughts on that you get do you guys think that it's literally 144,000 people or is that symbolic um i think it's jody stoddard i watched her video she felt like seems like she felt like it was symbolic and some other people have said that but i don't think he actually mentions that in here but
1: uh yeah i don't know if he ever does but i'm going address like, back that through, but, but. But yeah, I, I've always thought that it was kind of a symbolic number. I mean, if we're looking yeah. at most Hebrew number symbolism and gematria. That's and what that,
0: they are. They're very symbolic, aren't they?
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they can have a very peshat or literal sense to them, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, there that might be like the minimum, you know, there's 144,000, that's the, the minimum size. And there could be a, a vast number more than that, or I don't know. How do we explain it? It'll be very yeah. interesting to see how that one
0: plays out. Very, yes, it's very intriguing to me.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the things about
6: uh, Elder Pratt that I found interesting, you said you were a little surprised that he got this insight. Remember, he was the one who dedicated the Jerusalem land for the return of the of the Jews. Yeah. So when you think about that, it kind of goes hand in hand with. New Jerusalem, Old Jerusalem, and I'm sure he must have had a lot of special experiences as he journeyed over to Jerusalem through Europe and that to dedicate those lands.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know why, but like sometimes I'm so hyper focused on Joseph Smith and Brigham Young that I kind of forget to read everybody else's things and and stuff. But but yeah, taking a look at his life in the and his. Uh, missions or callings that he was sent on like man he played a crucial role in preparing uh, the foundations of that quite intriguing
7: wasn't that Orson Hyde
1: Orson Hyde yeah because it's the, the Hyde Memorial Garden or whatever um, this is let's see did I get it wrong?
0: This says Orson Pratt in there.
1: Oh yeah, on 213, Elder Pratt here.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I liked on, let's see, 215, um, trying to find a footnote or yeah <laughs> so it's like a couple paragraphs after footnote 11 um on page 215 right in the middle um shall we be among the one hundred forty four thousand, or desperately hoping our name is on the list of those they will deliver and bring to zion shall we be among those terrified souls yearning to be saved or shall we be their saviors the promise of the oath and covenant of the priesthood is a call to glory and I don't know every time that I, I read that sentence there or whatever, it's just like I don't know, I don't know. It, it just I don't know, it sends chills down my spine or confirms or or whatever. But um, I mean you get to choose, you have agency, right? Like like everyone. You can either be outside or you can be inside, but it is a choice if you want to act upon the call. Many are called few are chosen why are they not chosen this is a call to glory the, the oath and covenant of the priesthood and, and i don't know it just hits me like a ton of bricks every time that um i, I read that
3: kind of reminds me of when president nelson called the youth to the mormon battalion yeah.
6: Mm. yeah i love
3: that
0: yeah they either joined it or they said oh that's ridiculous right
1: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> why would it do that yeah and it reminds me of um one of his first ones which we'll be studying a lot in in depth pretty soon but um when he in priesthood session uh calls them up by rank, right calls them up by office elders arise like i don't know that was probably one of the mm. most spiritual holy experiences of my entire life was that call to arms right there um this is our charge <laughs> kind of thing and then um, singing after that I, I don't know if that that was powerful uh, growing up mm-hmm. I was always super terrified of Armageddon and having to fight in Armageddon right like I didn't want to <laughs> sign up I didn't want when I turned 18 <laughs> I didn't want to put my papers in I didn't want to do anything I was like super scared of, of war and battle and all that kind of stuff but now mm-hmm. it's like yeah sign me up like these these spiritual calls are are faith-filled and not fear-based uh like like i used to think kind of thing um it's complete 180 change you know (laughs) like i don't know if this fat tubby could like be uh, on the battleground sniping people but like but with (laughs) god i'm i'm good like i could go into battle right now and and do it (laughs) whatever it takes but but my (laughs) <laughs> pre-teen and, and teenage yourself shaking in his boots he could not do something like that
0: well you didn't understand it right so
1: mm-hmm. yeah you mean, you that begin to understand
0: things yeah oh, oh, big change big difference if you can begin to understand something
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. well exactly
6: um, yeah what else I, was looking to...
0: I really like how much he talks about the translation translating beings and being translated it's just that is just so intriguing to me that whole idea the whole anything about it so i love how much he talks about it
1: yeah because you just don't hear that anywhere else everybody's no uh adverse to it or have never even heard of it in their life anything or they get it
3: confused with transfigured
1: yeah yeah that too
3: yeah i don't
0: i don't remember hearing hardly anything about it until i started studying Mm-hmm. Um. this
1: yeah I remember when I was little it was like three Nephites John the Beloved and then the first time I think I was like in high school maybe even mission but like oh Alma might have been as well like oh there's a fourth one and now I'm like <laughs> <laughs> man my knowledge back then is so much different now like it's a totally different ball game with a little bit of knowledge comes a lot of open-minded study and and stuff i'm starting to realize the scriptures are full of translated beings we just don't see it unless we are reading in the spirit
0: yeah the whole city of
1: enoch
0: (laughs) probably a lot of people
1: (laughs) exactly in that in that last chapter in that last paragraph in the chapter it talks about that uh, we need to do our part in by uh in bringing forth zion by becoming zion in the privacy of our own quest so talking about individual work to make it work to make it happen right doesn't he end every chapter just on like the best sentences (laughs) like i just love that in the privacy of our own quest I don't know what quest just has a different kind of air to it than than most words right but that that quest is is kind of like the the call you know the, the call to glory kind of thing but um i want to go on quests um and and this is doing our part in our own personal quest Can i think about the knight's templar yeah <laughs> exactly yeah knights templar and like that whole camelot principle like i think there's a lot more to that story than we even realize you know i mean there's holy grail imagery and all of that kind of stuff in there as well but like i think there's a lot there i don't know <laughs> but quests and and knights yeah there's a reason
3: why it's a legend
4: and it's lasted so long
1: mm-hmm. yep yep <laughs>
4: I also loved on uh, page 210, there's a couple of paragraphs on there right at the top. It says, these are the 144,000 that publish these good tidings and publish salvation. They will say unto those to whom they are sent that God dwells and reigns in Zion, which news of the existence of Zion may be unknown to them until that moment. The people they rescue will be living in a world of terror and darkness until the light is suddenly revealed. It will be great tidings of joy to those who hear. I just love that so much. And then at the very bottom, it says, because they are protected by the power of God and their translated status makes them immune to the terrors falling upon the worldly. They will not be in a hurry. Their gathering shall be as peaceful and glorious shall be a peaceful and glorious exercise in salvation i just love that i think it's so beautiful just to think of how wonderful and peaceful and just it will just flow i mean you know people will just flow unto zion so effortlessly you know (laughs) in in a in a world full of turmoil and it just was so beautiful to me to think about that yeah
6: oh wow
7: and just above that, I like how it tells how um, the 144,000 that go out, they're not going to be preaching the gospel like yeah. our missionaries now. They're going to be ministering to the people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and their message is going to be telling the people to depart from Babylon I thought that was really interesting. Yeah.
4: Yeah, not any preaching, just going out and gathering those who are already ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I love that too.
1: Um where was that? I can't remember all my some things like today I've got like 20 different people sending me video recommendations. Oh, you got to watch this, you got to watch this and stuff. And I can't remember who sent it to me, but it was probably one of y'all, but um carrie mehlstein's byu devotional um he's talking about like water skiing and relating that to leaving babylon and all that kind of stuff um anyway it, it's an amazing video i i'll find it here in just a second and, and post it in the, the chat yeah. but
7: it's one of the best i've heard for a while it's really yeah.
1: good but he, like taking his insights there and matching them up with like avraham gileadi about like departing out of babylon like actually fleeing it and stuff and uh taking that insight into uh exactly what you quoted there that they're not going to be the 144,000 aren't going to be preaching the gospel faith repentance and stuff these people are already ready but they're just stuck they're they're in babylon and there's no way out and um 144,000 peaceful not in a hurry but coming and with one simple invitation flee out of Babylon, come with me, like, are you ready, let's go, (laughs) like, that's just visualizing it, trying to, to paint that picture of what that's going to look like, is, is quite interesting, Um, and uh, again, kind of pointing to that, that call to glory, Um, it's kind of our choice, whether we want to be, which which side of the um, equation we want to be there, and uh, helping or, or being rescued kind of thing. But yeah, I I love that. Fleeing Babylon is so important, yet um, it's an interesting topic to ever broach with any family, friends, ward members, right? Like, oh, I'm not part of Babylon, <laughs> but <laughs> I would challenge <laughs> you to send them Carrie Mielstein's video. He explains it just so well to to, for everyone, right? Of, of all learning levels, like no, uh, challenge yourself. If, if the Israelites were doing it, chances are you're doing it too. So uh, find the equivalent and and put yourself in their story, and you'll find that that we're all entrenched in Babylon, and it's a call mm-hmm. to come out, right?
0: Yeah, the, uh, I like to think of the analogy of a fish in water. The fish doesn't know it's in water. Mm-hmm. You know, we. We're just—it's—we're so entrenched in it. We don't even know that we are unless we become aware of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once you're aware of it, I—I'm speaking from me and my mom's experience. But once you're aware of it, it's just like, no, get me out! <laughs> but then um, a little while later, you think you've gotten out, and then the Lord will reveal just one more little thing. Like, this is also Babylon. You just so you know and then oh get out of it as well
0: well it's really hard to escape it um because we we have to uh, unless you're living off the grid basically (laughs) you know you're just entrenched in it you're the the economy everything everything is just we're swimming in it really
1: exactly And so it's interesting, like the Lord's charge, right? To be in the world, but not of the world. And Mm -hmm. what that really entails, like that is a loaded statement in in all of that context of uh, fleeing Babylon and um, still doing his holy work and and all of that. And yet it seemed like the savior did it so effortlessly. (laughs) right yeah, right right yeah he he kind of exemplifies that uh that cindy was talking about there you know they're not in a hurry just going along peaceful glorious and helping people come out
0: See, <laughs> mm-hmm. he made it seem so easy
1: mm-hmm
7: Another interesting thing is there on the bottom of 2.14, uh, the final scene, beginning of that, and it says, every time God has brought forth Zion in any degree, the armies of evil have combined against it. This is the pattern, and it it lists there, uh, back at the time of Adam with Cain's rebellion and subsequent subsequent wars and then Enoch and the wars in that nation and Melchizedek and so on. And anyway, if you'll count those up, there's six of them. And, and so and then, so ours now, in the latter day is seven and the number seven always represents complete. i thought that was interesting in that
1: yeah how even war is is completed in in that (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah, it's interesting i mean looking at war in this chapter it's like kind of give me a new respect for what we really will be going through you know this is this is the ultimate war i mean this is this is a, a big one uh, bigger than than any of those those previous six apostate um, uh, wars for freedom and mm-hmm. an agency
7: well satan knows that's his last chance here To so he's got everyone that's on his side involved with this and
6: mm-hmm.
7: they're going to persecute the ones that are righteous
6: yeah
1: But yeah, just like what it says, just right before the that list of wars, this is the pattern. You know, if if we can count on anything of the Lord, it's that He works in patterns, even pre-mortal patterns. Uh, someone pointed that out to me today uh, as we were studying that um, that our patterns here reflect what happened in the pre-existence as well, not just pre-mortal war, but like everything, like. The Lord works in patterns throughout all generations of time. Um, Mm -hmm. I found that very intriguing, something I had never thought of before.
6: Mm.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Have we covered everything? There's quite a bit in here, but... Kind of seems like we have.
7: What's nice is that we know that we know who wins.
6: <laughs>
7: <laughs> this one, yeah.
6: No, yep, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I love this chapter. I love chapter. Two. I love the whole book. <laughs> There's so many great things in here. Hasn't it been such a journey? Uh, especially those of you that that this might be your first time through it right i mean it is just eye-opening and captivating all of these different principles that are just talked about so openly and clearly and just point back to to true doctrine from the scriptures and uh prophetic sources and everything um i don't know with this kind of information going back to come follow me um I don't know if anyone else had that experience with uh, Moses and Abraham uh, this last week, Come Follow Me. It was just like, I understand it on a whole new level now from from some of these principles and and insights. Um, This book really does help just kind of unlock scriptures and uh, help kind of put to to bed some of those those false traditions and and enlighten us to to really good ones. Uh, But yeah, chapter 10, it's going to be a Amazing one as we go through it. So, um, just pulling up that revamped schedule really quick um, so that everyone's got it. Um, We are going to be taking it a little bit slower. We're going to divide chapter 10 up into five different weeks. Um, So, next week we are going to be tackling uh, pages 218 through 239. Oh, through unbelief, so Alethea's all on it right there. <laughs> um, so this is the perfect pathway design, clear up until unbelief, uh, up and through unbelief, on page two thirty nine. So um, I forget how many pages that is, but um, it, anyway, splitting it up into five sections. Hopefully, we'll um, be able to to really dive in uh, deeper than than we were previously. Um.
7: One thing, one thing before we leave. Um, this, this is for Kathy Barton. <laughs> I noticed she's on her. We were in class A. We were, um, we were talking about what was an elect lady. Well, there at the top of two hundred and four, I just noticed that Elder McConkie, uh, lines out what elect lady is. It's very interesting and fitting. And, to what you were asking about?
1: Oh, yeah, and remember, I was like, I can't remember where it was at. It was in here. There yeah. was that, and we were going to the the Ruth and Naomi story uh, from there. But but yeah, it, it came from page two hundred four. <laughs>
2: I just didn't ever like. Even when I read it, I still haven't had confirmation that that fits me. <laughs> I, I I think it does. <laughs>
1: I will schedule a private call with you. and I will show you.
2: <laughs> No, I've actually like prayed about it and like really wondered, but I'm like, oh, anyway, I actually was just wondering if a lot of people's blessings say that. Mm-hmm. If that's common like because I don't ever talk to people about their blessing but I know Cameron does <laughs> like, he I is know, the wealth hesitate. of knowledge him and his mother are the wealth of knowledge if you want to know ask them right
1: I'm just nosy <laughs> is <all I> just...
2: <laughs> that's what I am I'm nosy <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I just barely told someone I was nosy <laughs> yeah
1: just ask my mission president he'd be like yep elder Briggs. that's that's the one <laughs> <laughs>
2: so cameron can i be nosy with you yeah how old are you
1: Oof, what am i 34
2: i thought you were about 34 okay i was just wondering
1: i was born in 87 whatever that makes it i i lose track of my birthdays <laughs> i don't know
2: i just had to ask <laughs> you
1: know? i was
2: gonna re-watch your video but i didn't have time <laughs> <laughs> thanks for think, that, for telling me about the elect lady part though
7: i think yeah, that's i, think it. Face, I do yeah, i don't I think, think you would that have you that in your patriarchal blessing unless it wasn't it's that just,
2: i'm not that cultured and refined and so sometimes i'm just like i cannot not be me because oh. i'm not cultured and refined enough <laughs> i'm definitely not an emma <laughs>
1: <laughs> a grace kelly I, floating yeah. from cloud to cloud <laughs> i
2: don't think that's what that description says right there though <laughs> i don't know i think a lot of times it's hard to see it in yourself you know they, yeah, mm-hmm.
7: it is it is really hard
2: so i just think someday we should all just meet each other in person so i'm wondering if cameron's gonna put together something
1: so I, I actually i was thinking it would be about- really
2: cool if we all went to education week
1: oh my gosh that would be amazing and like I love it
2: like put out the schedule and like meet up for lunch because I haven't ever been to education week I used to go to the women's conference yeah but those days are over so I'm ready to step it up and I really want to meet your mom I'm kind of like <laughs> I need her autograph
1: <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, anyway super fun next year it' August- be so
2: fun like just say okay these are the classes I'm signed up for this is where I'm going and mm-hmm. you could just have like this little group that tags along with you Cameron
1: <laughs> no but like meeting up <laughs> like
2: roadies or something <laughs> exactly what i'm thinking
1: but i tell you every time i go to education week i'm looking at all of the classes and i'm like i'm only one person like i can't attend all of them so that would be excellent everybody goes and then we can all swap notes afterward that would be awesome
2: or tell them if it was a good class like that was a bomb don't go to that one go to this one (laughs) right like all of us together it would be so fun yeah
1: and we could like okay. help save seats and stuff because that's always so hard. Yeah,
2: thing. and go get food while you're in line.
1: And the thing is, there's I meet quite a few awesome people at Education Week. I invite I them to book club, but they just they don't have time and stuff. But I'm like, there. That's my friends over there, and then this group of friends, and it's like y'all need to meet because we would all have a really good. Time.
2: <laughs> we would have so much fun. Well, I've been listening to the whole class, but I had to clean my house, so. That's why I just checked in, but I've been listening the whole time.
1: <laughs>
2: so thank you. Ew,
1: ew. Um, so this is like a random thing. Does anybody have anything else on, on Triumph before we kind of leave and <laughs> go on a tangent? Um, so I was talking to somebody who was talking to, to Tony Young. I don't know if anybody knows Tony Young. But he deals a lot with like cosmism and uh, some of those like ancient astronomy kind of things or whatever. And so he was saying that he would love to do like a, a Zoom group session um, if we were interested where uh, we kind of studied a little bit and, and then jump on a question and answer thing with him and he can kind of help explain it a little. Um, I've got some charts that I'll, I'll post on, on Learning Zion tonight of his that he's put together. But, um. Anyway, uh, he talks a lot about like Cosmic Mountain and, and different things like that. Um, it's not for everyone. I, I totally get it, but you know, there i heard three or four people ask me if, if I knew anything about it. And so um, I was just kind of helping reach out to him. And um, since Anthony Larson's passed away now, um, uh, Tony's like a, a pretty good resource on it and we might be able to get some more on it, but anyway. I will post some images of that um, to to study some charts and stuff that he's made on learning Zion and go ahead and study those. And I'll let you know when we'll have like a a question and answer thing with him Uh, sometime later on, maybe in February, not totally sure. Just kind of throwing that out there. If anybody wants to go down that road, (laughs) it's going to be a fun rabbit hole to to study.
6: In this week's uh, podcast with John, by the way, and Hank Smith, Uh their uh, expert uh, talks a lot about that as to what they thought the cosmos were like back in the days uh, when the old customer was written
1: really interesting I'm gonna have to listen to that one like I yeah but yeah I need to to do that one
3: I'm totally interested in that and I need to go watch that come follow me because it's not my favorite one
1: but yeah I'm gonna have to do that as well um but yeah.
6: So, what one are are your favorite ones?
1: I love talking scripture.
3: I just don't. My husband listens to a different one every day, and I just, I'm, I think I'm just a little bit more of a purist. I was spending a lot of time listening and learning, and I thought, I don't know if this is what President Nelson had in mind for us to do. Is to sit and listen to other people expound. I enjoy getting insights and learning things like, I don't know, like Hebrew meanings of words and things like that, temple imagery, stuff like that. But I just I just don't know if he imagined that we would all be sitting and watching podcasts every week, every day.
6: <laughs> I'll never forget the quote that says the scriptures are the headwaters.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah staying rooted in those getting good at receiving that revelation direct from from the mm-hmm. source
3: like i would rather be taught by the spirit than and and when you're watching those podcasts you don't get that opportunity as much
1: mm-hmm. so Thanks. that's
3: just me though
1: mm-hmm. but yeah i i'm interested in the the cosmism uh that's, i am too put in there i'm gonna have to go watch that episode
0: yeah there are things that they that i would never study or understand that i like to hear about on some of those shows mm-hmm. some of those podcasts yeah. somebody
1: sent me one uh this was like two weeks ago or whatever i honestly had never even heard of flat earth or wh- whatever and somebody said no. i was like what am i listening to but like there was some intriguing <laughs> points that they are pointing out or whatever but I was just like there's just new concepts all over the place and you just never know what's gonna <laughs> come across to your, your your studies that day kind of thing but it, it's very interesting uh keep sending me videos all the time I I love it <laughs> if I I get time because I I normally just kind of like skip through find different little tidbits or whatever but um <laughs> the ones people sent me today oh my goodness there's there lots of <laughs> rabbit holes <laughs> but I, but I I I just
3: found anthony larson and wow super super interesting
1: yeah anthony larson um emmanuel the uh what are the other ones blinking on their names but um anyway yeah some some great ones uh, a friend of mine is going through all of Anthony Larson's videos. They're kind of expensive, but, um, uh, going through his classes that that he filmed before he passed away and kind of learning and growing from those. I have a neighbor actually that, um, introduced me to, to cosmism and, uh, catastrophism and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I haven't <laughs> been able to uh, even go there yet, but, um, lots of just intriguing things, uh, popping up and um I did I post that in Learning Zion I can't remember but I was talking with Joshua Mariano the other day and I was like I'm just kind of interested in astronomy and cosmos and, and things like that you know if it was important to Abraham what should we be learning and gleaning from it and he sent me that document I think I posted it in the the Facebook learning Zion group um but anyway the the astronomy of our, our forefathers or something like that it's a, a really interesting read
3: i purchased a few of anthony larson's but i got frustrated because the ones i purchased were pretty much the same things i'd heard on youtube
6: oh really it was like, i was like know.
3: <laughs> i wanted to skip these like i want to get to the the stuff you haven't talked about yet mm-hmm. that was kind of frustrating to
1: me yeah Mm-hmm. for sure um well anyway with that so I'll we'll be talking with with Tony Young sometime in the, in the future I'll do that and post those things on on Facebook but if you ever have anything else if you want me to, to be brave and go ask any other authors to, to come on and do a question and answer I've been really debating it with Donna Nielsen I really want to pick her brain on beloved bridegroom and, and that book and all of that kind of stuff as well i think you that
2: should I do it
1: mm-hmm. i've been, I, I read I've been reading that book. the other day i still waiting to hear back see if he answers but i don't know i'm, I'm getting a little more gumption every once in a while and <laughs> ask some of these guys for
3: well guess been- what <clears throat> my daughter-in-law grew up in the tree streets right above the creamery at byu And guess who her young women's leader was? Oh, really? (laughs) Barbara Gardner. Oh, my goodness. So I wonder, her and her sisters just loved her as a young women's leader and as a teacher.
6: Uh Uh,
3: Some of the people she knows, it's like, oh, my gosh, that all lived up there. But I wonder if we'd be interested in having her come talk to us.
1: Oh, for sure. That would be amazing.
3: I bet Kelly would feel comfortable asking her hmm Yeah. Because her parents have lived in that house for 25 years. So mm-hmm. yeah.
1: That would be so cool. I would love to um get her on and pick her brain as well.
3: <laughs> yeah, I just thought about that. I hadn't thought about that before. When we watched her speak um in the John by the way, Hank Smith come follow me. That was so good. She's like, Oh yeah, she was my young women's leader before she was married because she got married a little older. Mm -hmm. um, she's like she's just the best we just love her so much and then her sister came out to visit and she's like oh yeah she's the best young woman's leader Mm -hmm. yeah I love that I'll ask Kelly I loved her book it's very cool I'll ask Kelly to reach out to her for me
1: yeah, if anyone knows Wendy Nelson, you know, that's also another top
6: one.
2: <laughs> Let's go
3: big. I mean, come on. Well, I know, Don't that, we? I know that Sherry do knows Wendy Nelson. Anybody know Sherry Du? I'm right.
1: <laughs> Somebody keeps teasing me or whatever, and they're like, you know, you really should send the book of Nelson to, to Wendy. Just see what she says. And I'm like, Pfft. So I had her address. <laughs> oh,
3: <okay. laughs> so she sent it to the church office building. So <laughs> when my son and daughter-in-law Kelly, the one I was just talking about, got married, um, they sent a wedding announcement to President Nelson. Oh, then right. my son is a pilot and his my husband's father's German. So we just love President Updorf. Well, his first time he flying. He flew out of Salt Lake and he ran into President Ukdorf and took a picture with him. So Kelly <laughs> printed up that picture and sent him a wedding announcement and he got a handwritten um, card back with a little airplane pin. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So I bet if you send it to her and just send it to the church office building, it'll get to her. And probably would write you back.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I thought they were so funny when they sent President Nelson a wedding announcement. They're like, we just want you to know we're doing it right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. You know. mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's been fun. So glad to be back in our normal swing of things with y'all. <laughs> I love this. So yeah, uh, we'll tackle the first part of chapter 10 next week. and In the meantime. <laughs> All right, we'll see everyone next week. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Bye. Bye
1: Bye. Bye.